Matthew, and this is my podcast, Kinda Interesting Thoughts on Youth Ministry. I thought this episode, I would talk a little bit about my personal process for creating resources for DownloadYouthMinistry.com. It's a question that I've been getting asked a lot lately, uh, especially given that as my number of resources I've created has kind of grown, and it's something that I really love to do. So I want to give five big thoughts that shape my approach to creating youth ministry resources. The first one is this, check your motivation. Motivation has a lot to do with whether or not you're gonna be satisfied with the process of creating youth ministry resources. I think if you're doing it for the money, you're gonna be disappointed because it, it can be so hit or miss. Uh, it's so strange to me, some of my favorite resources that I've made, some of the teaching series that I'm most proud of are probably the least income generating things I've done. And yet that's what I enjoy the most. Uh, and then some of the other things I think are kind of goofy or some of the, it, there's just no predicting. There's, I have no idea when I create something that I have fun making and doing with my youth group, I have no idea what the response for others is going to be. And so if the motivation is for uh, making money, then that can't be the driving factor behind it. It really needs to be more about that. You just love to create, right? That there is a part of me that feels uh, really satisfied through the process of putting something together, putting it out there that it, regardless of how it, now, of course, I, I like it when it does better, but Regardless of how it does and what the response is, I still feel satisfied through the creating process. And the reality is, I think big picture is, this has made me a better youth pastor. I'm being more intentional as I'm prepping my teaching materials, as I put together games, as I put together things. I'm being more intentional to do it in a way that makes it usable for others. It can translate to other people being able to do it as well. But the result is, I'm being a better youth pastor. I'm thinking things through more. I'm putting more time into it. I'm prepping farther out. And and I noticed right away within a couple teaching series of creating a curriculum for DYM and uh, at the time Youth Cartel as well, I had some of my leaders come to me and go, hey, you know, I, we've noticed like the quality of what you're doing has been going up. I don't know what you're doing, but it, and that, that really jumped out at me is, not only is this creating process kind of rewarding me for uh, just feeling satisfied with it, enjoying doing it, it's making me a better, more prepared teacher and youth pastor. Honestly, I think probably the thing I love the most about creating youth ministry resources is the idea that me putting time into something that is used by my youth group does not then end its ministry impact. That, that now my efforts when I create a teaching series or a game or a resource or whatever are now exponentially bigger because it's being used in other places as well. And I just love the idea that, that my time and my effort can have a broader youth ministry impact. So, so think about your motivation. Why are you doing this? If you're doing it for the joy of creating, for the joy of uh, exponentially increasing the size of your ministry impact, those are great motives for the motivation of being a better youth pastor, or youth leader in your context. Those are great, great motives that end up feeling the reward of doing so regardless of what 
the royalty income is. I think the second key thought for uh, creating youth ministry resources is being humble. The process of getting published, of getting a resource out there, involves editing. And, and I know for some people, this is a really frustrating experience. There's uh, perhaps even, obviously, we all have pride in what we create. And sometimes when somebody comes back and says, hey, can you do it this way? Can you reword this? This was a little confusing. Can you put it together this? Can you rework this section? Can you add this? Can you take away that? There is the potential to have a reaction of, how dare they? Like, this is my thing. I put time into this. Don't they understand the problems with them? They they should see that it's this or it's that. And we'll sometimes hear the comment, uh, my, my resources are ready to go. They need zero editing. Well, the reality is we all miss things. The thing that seems obvious to me may not be obvious to someone else. And, you know, long before writing for DYM, uh, I've written for group and youth specialties and simply youth ministry and just over the years I've done a lot of writing and and early on it did used to kind of sometimes push my buttons a little bit you know the pride that uh, you know you don't get what I'm doing but then I had to quickly realize editing makes me look better there has never been a time where someone pointed out an edit and did something where it didn't make me look better Right. It made my resource look better. It made my article look better. It made my book look better. Every time editing has improved what I've done and I get the credit. Maybe this isn't fair to the editors, but they do all this work proofing and improving and making suggestions and doing all this. And largely they don't get much credit for that. I get the credit. I get uh, viewed as, wow, look what he's done and, and all that. And so being humble to accept that editing process and just recognizing, man, the editors, the publishers, the people running the resource site, whatever it is you're writing for, everyone wants what you've created to succeed. They want it to do the best it can do. And so being humble in that process and recognizing that every inch of that process is helping improve what you've done and making you look better, making the resource look better, that's a win. So being humble about that. And sometimes being humble means accepting that something uh, you've submitted is not put to use, is not used. Uh, you know, as, as much as I've had so many resources go through, I've had some that have been declined. And maybe it's because the resource itself uh, needed more work. Maybe it's because the resource could be reworked and resubmitted and go through with some improvements. One thing in particular I did uh, the other year was turned down simply for the fact that they already had so many versions of what I had made already on the site. It would have been redundant to add it. So it wasn't even that the problem was with the resource. The problem was there wasn't a need for it. And so sometimes a declined resource happens, but that's not an insult. And again, to me, that goes back to the motivation factor, right? If I'm doing this solely to generate income, solely to accumulate more resources that I've done, then yeah, I'm going to be upset when something's declined. But if I'm doing it because it makes me a better youth pastor in my current context, I'm doing it because I enjoy writing, regardless of the answer I get about what I've submitted, I've still hit my goals of putting in the time, doing what I need to do for the youth group that I'm called to. Being humble is a huge part of being an author. The third big picture thing I think is critical is, is being a learner. 
being open to growing and improving as a writer, as a creator. For me, that has meant I've done online tutorials for how to do graphic design, how to use Adobe Photoshop and, and how to improve what I'm creating. I, I look at some of the, you know, I love to write curriculum in particular. So I'll look at some of the top selling curriculums that get the most reviews that people seem to mo love the most on DYM, not because I want to copy what they're doing, but to look at the format of what they're doing. Like how many words is in that manuscript? It seems like some of the best selling ones are around 2000 to 2400 words, right? What are they including with it? Usually it comes with discussion guides or handouts, it comes with PowerPoint, comes with a, a handful of different graphics that can be used both in putting together a presentation, but also for online promotion on Instagram and Facebook and social media. This is the approach that seems to resonate with people that people seem to understand that becomes the most usable. So how can I then produce my resources in a way that kind of fits that mold? Again, not copying someone else, but learning from the format, learning from what they've included, learning for what they've done. I ask for feedback. Uh, you know, behind the scenes, the editors, they're taking notes and as they're editing and they're putting things together. And early on, I, I was like, hey, can can I see that you are not going to hurt my feelings? Right. Because once again, editing always makes me look better. So if I can see the raw notes, if I can see the brutal feedback of like, man, this is what's working and this is what is not. And there was some there were some severe criticisms of some of the earlier things that I submitted uh, because I was still kind of learning, hey, how am I writing to do this well? I love that feedback. Don't let that hurt your feelings or push your buttons. Even even the willingness of giving the feedback is because they see the potential to do something better, to become more impactful in creating resources. So I, I love the feedback. It helps shape me. It helps me notice weaknesses in myself that I don't, I might not pick up on normally. Uh, another part of being a, a learner is recognizing what resources are out there online that you can use to get royalty-free images, audio, video. A couple of my favorites are pixabay.com and pexels.com. Those are both royalty-free sites that have free photos, videos, audio that you can use in creating all sorts of things without violating copyright, right? That they uh, give free licenses to use these materials. The fourth big picture thing for me in creating resources is to be flexible, be flexible. Uh, the reality is when I submit a curriculum, it is not exactly how I did it in my context. There are things that I include that I don't necessarily use myself, but it makes it more user-friendly for other people. I include notes to help people understand how I did what I did. Uh, some of the things I include, whether it's discussion handouts, whether it's some of the images or different things, simple additions. One of the big keys this past year has been being flexible in designing things that can be used in person and online. So a lot of my games I've done to be in person, but if there's a way to make a simple modification to it, to make it so it can also be used on Zoom, it can be used on Instagram, then that suddenly makes it a lot greater usability because there's so many youth groups that are online only. There's some that are in person only. It's, it's all over the map. And so being able to make something that can adjust to different contexts usually only takes a few extra minutes on the creator's end, 
but makes it hugely helpful for people on the other side. And then finally, the fifth big point, I think, in uh, creating resources that, that I've learned over the years, uh, long before doing anything with Download Youth Ministry, is being patient. The publishing process takes time. It takes time. And as much as, as, much as I may want to urgently get something out, I also have to recognize there's a lot of other people involved. There's a lot of other steps involved. There's the reputation of the people that are publishing the resource involved. And so they need to do their due diligence in prepping and being ready. And so, you know, in Download Youth Ministry specifically, I think it was over a year after I first submitted something before I had something hit the store. Now, to this day, I still, I have a resource that just came out that my wife and I put together over a year ago. I have some curriculums that are gonna come out in the coming months that I had submitted over a year ago. I have other resources that have turned around in just a few weeks because they noticed you know, it was relevant to the need. It was something that could go through quickly. So it really can be all over the map on what the timing will be, but I think the key for the author is to be patient. And for me, that meant when I submitted my first resource and I knew kind of going into it, man, this might take a while, but what I don't want to do is wait to see how that one does and then start submitting more things. Because if I had if I had waited that year to get one thing on the store and then started submitting regularly, it would be another year before I started having things hit being published and coming out routinely. So I was making it a goal that first year I want to submit one thing every month. And so I was creating curriculum. I was writing things. I was putting together games. And I kept submitting until that first thing came out. But then the result was, because I consistently kept submitting, I consistently keep having things publish and come out in a timely manner now. But initially, it took a lot of patience. And even now, some of the things I'm most excited about I really am. The things I make that I love the most tend to be some of my slowest, but it's really not about that. I just love creating. I love putting things together. So to recap, kind of my five big picture ideas behind me creating is uh, one, to check my motivation, two, to be humble, three, to be a learner, four, to be flexible, and five, be patient. I'd love to have your comments. Shoot me a question. I'd love to talk about creating. I'd love to hear from you and see what you've got on there. Until next time, I'll talk to you later.